We welcome you to the Radio Bible Course. We're studying the resurrection of the dead. Christian dead, that is. Paul talked about it in his first epistle to the Thessalonians. In verses 16 and 17, Paul wrote, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a cry of command, and the archangels call, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. This teaching of the Apostle Paul about the resurrection of the dead apparently was done because of a serious need in Thessalonica. It appears that some of those Christians were concerned about their dead relatives, the ones who had believed in Christ, but did not stay alive long enough to see the Lord return. What happens to them? That seemed to have been the question, and Paul addresses it here, and said, don't worry about the dead. When that great day comes... The Lord will descend from heaven with a cry of command. There'll be the archangel's call. There'll be the sound of the trumpet of God. And those dead relatives will be raised. So whether Christ comes back soon or later, those dead relatives will not be left behind. And you who are alive there in Thessalonica, at the same time will be caught up with them in the clouds, in the air to meet the Lord there, and from then on you will always be with the Lord. Now, we wonder why this meeting in the air? Well, the air is considered the domain of evil spirits, the demons. And, for example, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul wrote, And you he made alive when you were dead, through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. The New International Version translates this as the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Satan, apparently, is not earthbound. He is free to roam. Now, why is the meeting in the air? Well, that appears to be the backyard of the demons. And the risen, translated saints will be surrounded by demons while they ascend up to meet Christ in the clouds. But not a single one will fall to their temptation or be harmed by them. This is a magnificent victory going right through enemy territory to meet the Lord. It couldn't have been presented better. It shows the complete victory and dominion of Jesus Christ over all creatures. So great is that victory that the bodies of the dead will be raised and suddenly transformed, as will the bodies of the living. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 clarifies this that mortality will take on immortality, and corruption will take on incorruption, and we will all be changed. There will be that transformation first, and then 
there will be the defying of gravity as God's power raises all those who belong to him. Now, there's nothing in the Old Testament of saints being taken to heaven without dying. This rapture here is a New Testament revelation. There are two exceptions in the Old Testament of individuals. One of them is Enoch, the father of Methuselah, who walked with God some 365 years, according to the Bible. And in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. The other exception is Elijah the prophet, who was caught up by a whirlwind and taken into heaven. We read about that in Second Kings chapter 2, verse 11. It's dramatic. Listen to it. It describes Elijah and Elisha walking together near Jericho, down by the Jordan River. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly... A chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Neither Elijah nor Enoch saw death. They were taken off of this earth by the power of God. And if God can do that with them, can't he do it by the power of Jesus Christ? If men can put up a satellite and dwell in it for weeks or months and circle the globe, can't God, by his power, lift up men, those who belong to him? He can, because he has put his spirit in each one of them. If God can resurrect the dead... Surely God can raise them off of the earth into heaven. That's no difficult problem with God. At the end of chapter 4 of First Thessalonians, Paul closes with this comment. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. He intends comfort by his teaching. This teaching about the resurrection of the dead and being caught up into heaven is not intended to terrify anyone, but to be their hope. But Paul wanted the Thessalonian Christians to know that their dead relatives are not lost, nor will these living Christians in Thessalonica have to go through the Great Tribulation and to endure to the end in order to join their dead relatives. The Thessalonians were already suffering some tribulation because of the name of Christ. They had believed in him, and they had received what most early Christians received, persecution and death. Jesus didn't promise his disciples a rose garden, and neither did Paul. He said we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. But the Great Tribulation, referred to in the book of Revelation and by Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, is different from the ordinary persecution that these Christians went through in the first century. There is a tribulation that was foretold by the prophet Daniel. It's called the 70th week of Daniel. It's a week of years to be inflicted upon the Israelites, not the church. Now, in the book of Revelation, we have indication 
that the Christians will be lifted off of the earth before any of this tribulation breaks out, including the opening of the seals by the Lamb. It's an event described in chapters 5 and 6 of the book of Revelation. And John writes, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there was before me a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. John then writes about another horse, a red horse. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. And then regarding the black horse, its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. And when the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. This is the beginning of the woes in the Great Tribulation, the last half of that seven-year period. The first half, the first three and a half years, will be times of peace, when the world ruler establishes his power on the earth, he makes a covenant with the Jews, and in the middle of that seven-year week of years, he breaks the covenant, and then the great persecution begins. But in heaven, judgment begins to fall on men on the earth. The Christians aren't here. Now, I earlier indicated that there is a passage in Revelation chapter 4 that seems to tell us that the church will be lifted up from the earth before any of this tribulation begins. Listen to chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once... I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. John has been lifted up from the earth into heaven. To me, this is symbolic of what's going to happen to the church, the true believers in Jesus Christ. They'll be called up. There'll be a voice. There'll be a trumpet. It sounds just like what Paul has written in First Thessalonians chapter 4. There's another indication in the book of Revelation that the church does not go through the tribulation, any part of it at all, because although the church is mentioned in chapters 1, 2, and 3 of the book of Revelation, after John is caught up and taken into heaven, the church is never mentioned again in the book of Revelation. Now, that means something to me. 
If the church were on earth, surely John would have been shown something about what happens to the believers during this time of persecution, when there will be great distress on the earth. But that's what the deliverance is, and no wonder Paul wrote in Thessalonians that Jesus Christ delivers us from the wrath to come. And wrath seems to be apparent in the opening of these seals in Revelation chapter 6. For example, the sixth seal brought a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to earth as late figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand? In spite of the terror and the wrath of God that will fall on this earth someday, those who believe in Christ can rejoice and have peace. We have entered his rest. You may have become interested in the book of Revelation as a result of what we've covered today. We have teaching tapes on the complete book of Revelation. It's verse-by-verse teaching, and it's as simple as we can possibly make it. Write for our free list of teaching tapes. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.